Alright y'all, what is going on? This is your man L. Jamal, and I finally got that hangover review for you guys in a segment I like to call upon further review. This is where I take uh, movies or TV shows, uh, maybe even music or uh songwriters or you know artists in general or even historical and sporting events that I might have seen or come across when I was younger or learned about if it was an historical event and I'm going to take uh, a chance to uh, pretty much reflect on how how my impressions on the movie or the situation have changed as I've grown up a little bit uh, today I'll be going over uh, the movie like I said before hangover uh, this came out in 2009 June the 5th to be exact uh, so this makes this movie uh, 10 years old actually over 10 years old and I remember this movie like it came out uh, I remember this movie when it came out like it was yesterday uh, this was about six days before I graduated high school and this was one of the few movies well one of the first movies first movies excuse me that I ever really uh, took the time to even spend my money to go see um and uh i remember seeing this movie uh, especially around the begin of the first time i ever saw it uh this is probably the greatest comedy movie i've ever seen in my life that was my initial thoughts on it uh and so the key here today is i'm going to be talking to you about it uh, i've actually seen it recently and i'm going to be uh you know, talking about whether or not it stands up uh, since then. Is it the same movie uh, that I thought it was day one, of course? And, you know, what has changed uh, since my first viewing and, you know, between now and my first, well, between my first viewing and now? And uh, like I said, does the movie still hold up? So let's get right into it. Um, like I said, when I first saw the movie, I thought it was amazing. It was something that had me rolling. Uh, and I mean, gut-wrenching laughter. Uh, I mean, you feel it all the way down, like I said, in your stomach. And this is this is a laughter I had from beginning uh, to end. Uh, from the be pretty much uh, the first few minutes of the movie, right after the credits, all the way until even the little cut scenes during the credits both have me wrong so this is one of, uh this is one of the the be better movies of course uh i've ever I, I had ever seen at the time and uh one of the things that definitely stuck uh stuck out to me uh was just the writing uh even from the beginning they did a good job of giving you uh the skinny on what the deal was or at least you get an idea of what's going on even from the beginning of course they're in this uh this crazy situation uh just how they uh just how they put everything in the backdrop just the excerpts of the desert and then uh they also show at the same time they show scenes of of uh, what was going to be the the wedding that day, Doug's wedding later on that day. And uh, they just kind of juxtapose both shots and have both scenes. Uh, and they're both, um, again, you, you know, like I said, you have the cuts of the, the wedding and people getting ready. And then out of nowhere, you know, you got the call from Phil, played by Bradley Cooper. He goes, man, um, you know, they're telling, they're, he's talking to Doug's wife. He's like, ah, you know, we fucked up. We fucked up. So you get an idea already in the beginning of what to look for. Uh, in the beginning, uh, it's a little bit on a serious note. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, what what are we going to see here? Of course, you came in the movie knowing it was a comedy. Uh, but again, it was like a serious note. So you have to, you're already kind of intrigued just to kind of see how uh, the plot goes from there. And uh, definitely uh, my first time around, I thought the comedy was well written. It was really good paced. Um, and... Um, for the most part, uh, like I said, the comedy made sense. It was a little bit crazy in some spots. Uh, I will get into those in just a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, it was your typical R-rated uh, comedy. But I thought it was just really done on um, 
on a much better scale. And uh, Todd Phillips uh, is a much, uh, is a really much better screen screenwriter uh, than a lot of other comedy and a lot of other comedy writers. That's just my opinion. He's the best of the comedy writers. That's that's my opinion. Uh, Todd Phillips uh, writes a great script, and again, he, and the casting here uh, I think was amazing. Uh, that's one of the things that I definitely took took away from my first go around. I definitely like the. Um, the chemistry, the on, the on uh, screen chemistry between Bradley Cooper's character Phil and also Zach Galifianakis' uh, character uh, Alan, uh, they seemed uh, to pretty much uh, operate, you know, pretty much in unison with each other. There was uh, there was a synergy uh, chemistry you can go on and say between each other. Uh, you could see uh, with Zach playing Alan, the, the really out there, out of the box guy, uh, and. Um, you see how that kind of mixes with the cool, kind of sophisticated uh, elements that, that Bradley Cooper was trying to bring with Phil. And uh, I definitely thought um, that, especially near the end, you know, as they became closer, as they became closer friends, I also thought that was really a cool part of the movie as well. Um, and one thing I will say, especially uh, when I when I do get older, uh, one thing I did saw did see when I did get older uh, was the slight character arcs uh, that we were able to see with Phil, uh, Allen, and even Stu. Um, for for example, with uh, Allen, of course, you know he still ends up being a really weird guy, really out there uh but definitely given the fact that you know he has of course his 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 um his mental his mental health of course his his issues uh but it's definitely good that he has some of that remedied with a positive group of friends uh we learn or we see through the course of that movie uh that they end up you know really respecting each other even alan you know um they all seem to have a good relationship with each other and they eventually added added alan to the fold and i kind of liked how they did that despite him having his issues and uh and they and they did kind of show uh you know and they did kind of showcase throughout the, the entire you know the entire plot of the movie despite you know what alan might have done of course he you know we all know he drugged him uh he got him into a couple of the situations that they probably didn't need to be into uh but at the same time you see them you know slowly uh accepting this guy for who he is and i think that did a lot for kind of you know his anxiety and who he was as a person so it was it was good to see um Good to see him make a friend or two. It was definitely good to see that. Uh, you also saw a slight, you also saw uh, somewhat of a character development uh, with Stu. Uh, in the beginning, he was really passive. Uh, you know, he let his friends, you know, kind of dig into him about, uh, especially what his what his girlfriend did to him and in, in her cheating ways. And his girlfriend kind of ran him over. Or actually, his his uh, fiance, for that matter, uh, kind of just gave him a hard time and just. Um, you know, not only did she cheat on him, she used to just roast him and just uh, overall was a, was basically a bitch to him. And uh, eventually Stu was able to, you know, through the course of everything that happened in the movie, uh, you know, I, you know, he, you know, was able to steal a cop car. He um, married a stripper and, you know, he just lived his, you know, he just you know, went on the edge, uh, and, uh, that was able to give some type of bravery and still instill some type of bravery in him, uh, through the course and uh, through the course of the film. And he was able to tell that girl off, like, look, man, 
I'm not even interested in you. So shout out, you know, shout out to Ed Helms for his his role there, uh, you know, with Stu and just telling her to fuck off, telling that girl to fuck his ex to fuck off. And, you know, yeah, you fucked that bellhop or whatever he was on the cruise ship. And, he, you know, he let her know, you know, that I wasn't he wasn't going to take that no more. And uh, I definitely thought those those were cool to see, especially now. Um, I can take a take a step back and look at other elements of the movie, and that's one of the elements that I truly saw and I truly respected. Uh, because you kind of don't see it uh, in the beginning. I didn't really see it uh, the first time around when I'm watching the movie, of course, because you're laughing. You're just uh, you're just laughing at the situation these guys are in. But slowly and surely, uh, you start to see that those relationships are growing, and those people, you know, believe it or not, do grow as well. Um. Not only was this movie, of course, really big to me, um, but this movie went on to be one of the uh, highest, well, actually, the, the second highest R-rated uh, comedy. It was also the seventh highest uh, R-rated movie, uh, at least in terms of gross income, in terms of the box office. Uh, the seventh highest rating uh, R-rated movie in general. Um Coming in at $467.5 million at the box office. That's how much it made on a $35 million budget. Again, uh, just you gotta you gotta put that into uh, I would say great writing. Again, uh, the characters, the casting itself, and again, they they really wrote that script well. Um, of course, there was some uh, I think some Atlant Atlant sorry some outlandish things that occurred throughout the plot uh but i think you know because in the original round this was this of course this was the first movie uh that we weren't too sure there was going to be sequels so you know there was there could have been a, i think you know a lot of the uh the crazier things that went on in the plot could have been looked over if it was just a solo movie uh if it was just a standalone movie i think the sequels because they were just not as good and they decided not to not only to not make them as good, but I think to add all these extra extreme elements, uh, I think it took away uh, from the first one. And some of the outrageous, more outlandish things that I saw in the first one kind of highlighted to me. Uh, and they were highlighted to me um, again when I watched it again recently. Because uh, I did check it out a about a week ago on uh, Netflix. And uh, one of those things, you know, of course, like I said, um, the plot in the second movie and the third movie kind of divulged into something even more crazy. But of course, I mean, it, it got it got to start in the first one. Of course, you had that scene where he just outright took the police car. I thought that was a little bit silly. It was able to drive and drive around in it for that long. I thought that was a little bit extreme. Uh, but again, with just some of the situations they found themselves, you know, being, uh, you know, being in in the second and eventually the third movie. You know, you can kind of give it the pass. I can give a lot of passes to this this first movie here, um, because again, I, I just thought the funny and the, and the writing uh, was there from beginning to end. Uh, even, of course, because later on you get down, uh, and I think one of the uh, another one of the, the more funnier characters, of course, uh, was Mr. Chow, played by uh, Ken Jeong, and uh, this is where you know this movie, in my opinion, the original stands out. Uh, 
um, again, amongst the original, just just up and random stuff happening out of nowhere. But it's it actually makes sense and it's actually funny. Uh, for example, when Mister Child comes up on the scene, he just pops out of the uh, he he just pops out of the trunk. Uh, he's making a whole ton of noise, I believe. He just pops out of the trunk and just starts beating on everybody with a crowbar. But as naked again, he just pops up out of nowhere. But it's hilarious. It's just it's random, but it, it fits again when you uh, when Stu decided nowhere to start singing about the tiger what do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze all the stuff going on in the movie um some of it's serious some of it of course you know they've been they were already tased at a uh, police have been you know chased around by these thugs uh, at this point uh and so just to kind of out of nowhere through all the stuff that you're going through for Stu, just to out, out of nowhere just sing this song on it and had a nerd to play the piano and i thought it was really cool that he knew how to play the piano on top of that too and uh and just adding some more versatility to the characters because again you weren't expecting it you know you kind of just were expecting a scene where they were in any, in any of the movie they would have talked um you know maybe they would have said some jokes maybe something funny would have happened they might have would have discussed a plan on what to do next uh but to go take it into the direction of having a song and singing a song and, and playing a piano and everything like that i just thought it was a really different and really and it was good it was different in a good way uh because it wasn't it wasn't your typical uh you know your typical plot you know because again you probably in a lot of times you would have expected in the situation uh they probably would have rallied and and made a plan together and and for what it's worth they did they just did it in a, in a totally unconventional way and i thought that that was cool on uh the writers of that movie to to put that in there so those two are kind of my favorite uh favorite scenes right there and again um the plot itself uh does take some twists and turns like for example uh eventually they are able to get Doug back, but not the Doug that they were thinking. They ended up getting uh, Black Doug, who was played by uh, Mike Epps, who, in my opinion, uh, with his delivery and the way that they kind of wrote him into the movie. Of course, he didn't have like a real prominent role, uh, but just what you know, what he's able to do and what he's what he's known for, uh, just his presence, in my opinion. It, it kind of solidified uh, just the legitimacy of that movie to me because again at this point in time I had seen Bradley Cooper a couple times but again I had even, I had forgot that he was even in uh, Wedding Crashes at this point I think I saw Zach Galifianakis at one point in time before this uh, before that movie and uh, some type of uh, stand up and uh, Ed Helms again I think he was on The Office if I'm not mistaken or one of those one of those sitcoms that I barely saw but again i really didn't get too much of him or see too much of him until this movie um and same thing kind of with ken jong as well um the only person that i could say that i had watched a lot of and knew a lot of was mike epps and to kind of see him in there and they didn't really pigeonhole him i don't feel like they typecast him or anything like that i feel like he had a really solid role uh he gave i think he you know, it gave uh, the elements to what, you know, Alan did to them in terms of the drugging and all that. It gave that story a whole, uh, it made that story make sense, you know, because you got to see the guy that sold him, you know, sold him the drugs, sold him the bad drugs or whatever have you. And uh, he also is, is he's also influential in uh, the development of the plot as well and the actual, the, the discovery of what, uh, of where Doug, could, the actual Doug could have been. So you got to give him that there. Um, 
I, I thought from the beginning to the end, just like again, Mike Mike Epps' energy was really good. They didn't give him a whole lot of lines, but they gave him like you know they gave him funny lines. They really gave him lines that you'll go back and you'll remember. Like especially when they go, oh yeah, Black Duck told me. Oh no no, easy with that shit. Easy with that black shit. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, easy with it. So you kind of you know it's relatable comedy. It makes sense comedy. Um, and again, they all seem to work together. Even even Mike Epps, who really wasn't like I said, he did not have a a really big part or a prominent role uh but his character was pretty much his character was able to go back and forth with them too and have some type of rapport with them too he was able to you know bring uh some of the story to light to them and i always thought and i thought that that worked as well and so did every all the other auxiliary characters as well like the stripper uh like the stripper who ended up marrying Stu. uh they interacted well they were able to uh have uh great scenes together just like with the police that, that ended up tasing them and all that they had a good interaction with them it's Especially with the scene where they're where they're getting tased on and stuff like that. So again, the way these people, these characters were were brought together and the way that they were written and the way that they interacted in their scenes, I I I mean I'm, I've never seen it done uh, that great before. I've never seen it done to that extent, especially in a comedy movie. And um, even you know when I looked at other comedies over time and other movies in general, uh, I still think uh, this was one of the better written movies of the past ten or so years, uh, especially on a comedy level. Uh, this movie would also go on to win a golden a Golden Globe for the best motion picture for a comedy or a musical. Uh, so again, you know it has that pedigree with it as well. Um, they, it was something that they missed in the in the sequels. I'm not too sure what it was, uh, but. They just missed it. Uh, it wasn't the same. The second one, uh, I believe, it was it was somewhat funny. It started off in, in Bangkok, Thailand, uh, but once you kind of realized it was the same type of get up. Oh, they were uh, they were given the wrong drug, or it was you know having to do with them drug being drugged up. It was just like ah oh, man, it's the same same kind of get up, and um, it just wasn't done as funny as it was done in the first one. Something about this first one here um, just just takes the cake for me. Uh, one of the, like I said, I, I'll keep saying it's one of the best. When I, uh, when I see it now, uh, when I saw it again, I still saw those same, those that same comedy. Um, I, it brought me back to that same feeling that day on June the fifth in two thousand nine. That day of, oh man, this is funny. This is hilarious. Um, comedy. Uh, it's take. I thought the comedy genre was really taking a step up uh, after this movie came out in terms of quality and in terms of respect. I thought uh, from this starting with this movie right here, you start seeing a lot better uh, quality in, in terms of in terms of of, of big budget Hollywood uh, big budget comedy movies. And I think for uh, for what it's worth, you did. Um, and unfortunately, you know, you just don't get the entire. You don't have an entire series of it. Like I said, the, the second is pretty. Oh, it's okay, but I wouldn't say the third one is good at all. That's just my opinion. Um, this one right here, it stands the test of time. Uh, I don't think you'll you'll see too many other. You won't, we won't get too many other laughs. Um, any you know, a whole lot of other movies. Uh, this is uh, again, it, again. Now that I, I mean, now that I've seen it a few times and all that, because again, I didn't just I didn't just not see it for a few years or ten years all the way until I just happened to catch it on on Netflix. I I I actually had the movie burned for me and I watched it a whole bunch of times. Then I had it on DVD, so. Um, being able to see it a few times, of course, you know, you get used to it. It's not, oh, as fun as it was the first day. But again, 
it, even even at this point, is still funnier than the vast majority of the movies that I come across today. Um, it does stay on the level of a Caddyshack or um, a Beverly Hills Cop, maybe a Harlem Nights. It's it's on those that upper echelon of, of comedy movies. Definitely, I know it doesn't get a lot of. I don't. They don't talk about it a lot now. I think that's because of the sequels. But if you haven't yet, I would check out specifically, uh, especially that first one. Uh, I, I wouldn't look at the sequels or none of that. Check out that first one. You'll get a chance to see just how, just really uh, how funny these guys are. Zach Galifianakis. Uh, is uh, again he's amazing uh one of the one of the funnier guys again of the past that i came across in the past decade or so um again and they again they work really well with each other they were written really well to work for what you know just the, the lines themselves and the way they deliver they deliver everything yeah uh, uh all together so again from beginning to end i think uh even in the beginning uh, even now, when I come back to it, this is one of the best comedies that I've ever seen. The Hangover. Again, I, I would recommend it. I give it a 10 out of 10. If you haven't checked it out yet, I suggest you do. All right, y'all. Um, this was supposed to actually come out last night, but I had to delete the audio. Um, I will be coming out tonight uh, with another episode. Uh, well, this one, I'll be just going over the sports, uh, going over some sports topics. Uh, tonight, I'll be going over an uh, MLB update for the week, uh, giving you guys the scores, an update from today, also the standings as well. Whatever news is going on in baseball, we got you. I got you. And then I'll be going over the big trades in the NBA. Of course, that Russell uh, Russell Westbrook trade uh to houston uh we'll be talking a little bit about cp3 as well all right y'all i'll be back later on tonight this is your man l jamal uh coming through with an edition of upon further review all right y'all i'm signing out i'll see y'all later on peace out